So the big question is this, are you tired of the hustle and grind of fix and flip? Do you really think you can wholesale your way to success? What you really want is a cash flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom, sunsets and palm trees on your terms. But what if you're stuck because you have no capital, no time and no idea where to start? That ends now. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags to riches real estate millionaire who started out with no money or credit and quickly grew a portfolio of cash flowing apartments. Not to mention, he did it all with other people's money. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life and the multifamily legacy podcast will show you how. So now here's your host, the big kahuna, Corey Peterson. Hey everybody, welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peterson, and I am so thankful that you're here, my friends. You know, life is a gift. It really is. It truly is a gift. Each day that you're here to grow and to learn and to um, do amazing things, you know, God has a plan for you. And I'm telling you, it is so important to live your life and then to live it to the fullest. And I truly believe that's entrepreneurship. You know, having a job, always being told how much you can make, when you can take off, all those things, it sucks. It really does. And being on the other side of that into the unknown, it's sometimes scary, but I'm just telling you right now, it is the most rewarding thing ever to be able to aspire to do great things and never hold yourself back and to have beliefs and ideas and concepts that can change the world. My friend, you are destined for great things. Give yourself an applause right now. Give yourself that opportunity to take all the stuff that we're going to talk about today in and let it permeate you. Let it go through you. Let it inspire you to be the best you possible because I believe multifamily investing is the one thing that can change your life forever. Guys, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, someone that went on to iTunes and gave me a five-star review. And um, really cool. Hey, I love it when you guys do this. This was from A08 Hokey. 08 Hokey. Sunsets and palm trees. He says, I can't really rec recommend this podcast enough. Corey provides tons of information you can implement in your current multifamily business or help give you the confidence to get started. This podcast can really help you get to a sunsets and palm trees life. Thanks, Corey. Thank you so much for that wonderful review. I love it when you guys take the time to do it. Um, and, you know, we've got quite a few reviews going on now, and that is amazing. With that said, today's guest is going to be a really neat story because he's not been in multifamily super long, but he has determination and he has gotten into some deals. So my next guest is Andy Vaughn. Um, he is the principal of Back Nine Investors. Andy actually had been in the insurance industry for 27 years, and he's owned actually multiple insurance agencies. And during that time, he worked with numerous high-income net worth clients and business owners who had interest in real estate investing but didn't really want to be a landlord. So in 2017, Andy transitioned his focus and in helping those people invest passively in apartment communities. He's found properties in uh, you know certain strategic markets around the southern U.S. 
and he is currently an active journal partner in 765 Doors. Hey, Andy, welcome to the show, brother. How you doing? I'm great, Corey. Glad to be here. Hey, you know, for everybody that's listening, sometimes the first take doesn't work. This is our second time doing this intro, uh, so we think it's funny. But, uh, you know, Andy, you've got a really unique story that I think is going to really resonate with our audience and because everybody comes into this game in different spots. And for you, you were in the real estate or uh, insurance agency for 27 years. And I would love to hear kind of how you leave the insurance industry. Because from what I understand, you get residual money, like when you build that, that something that long and how would like, to me, that's like golden handcuffs. How does that journey start? And where, where did you start, man? And how do you get from there to coming into yeah. real estate? One of those that I always kind of have entrepreneurial bent and uh, was fascinated with how people created wealth and, and different opportunities. You know, I remember back in the day, uh, you know, all the late night infomercials from Tony Robbins to Carlton Sheets to whatnot, and probably bought all their programs, listened to them all, still have them all, learned some things along the way. But you know, at some point, I, I, I realized that the, the way to create lasting wealth, or as you call it, legacy wealth, is through some sort of vehicle that creates residual income. In other words, you do the work one time, theoretically, and it pro- continues to produce income on an ongoing basis. So yep. golf is my background, and I'll, and you'll hear as we talk. I mean, I'll weave that into everything. That's just kind of how my brain works. But Your company's called? Back Nine Investors. That's Amen. right. That's right. So I know you're not a big golfer, but but I played a lot of golf. I played high school golf, and I played golf in college on scholarship. And back when I was in um, – I guess late high school, maybe working at, I worked at several of the area golf courses and I'd see these grown men, you know, thirties, forties, fifties, whatever, in the middle of the day while everybody else was slugging away at work and they're on the golf course. So it yeah. always fascinated me. I was always very inquisitive and asked questions of what do you do? You know, they were always either it was some sales of some sort so they could, they would have time. Not all of them had time and money. Some of them just had a lot of time. Yeah, but uh, the ones that did, I mean, they seemed to either be a business owner of some sort, or a lot of them were in insurance business, yep. different various forms. So going back to the residual income, I, I couldn't dunk a basketball, I couldn't write a song or play guitar, or sing, or any of that. So I knew the likelihood of that was was not going to get get me anywhere. So I started looking at what other ways I could do it, and insurance and real estate were the two that seemed to me to be the type, I would say would be kind of the lowest barrier to entry. You know, yep. any anybody that put forth effort, I believe, could could get involved in those two businesses and create residual income. So that's that's purely, I know it's kind of simple and selfish, but as a young guy in your early 20s, I mean, you just kind of, I want, that's what I want to do. I want to be able to play golf during the day and make plenty of money. So that's Dude, what I a have. great example. I mean, you think about that, like, just because you were in that space and you got to see it, you saw these guys living that out. And you're like, oh, these guys are different than when I go home and, I, and in my neighborhood, it ain't like these, everybody else working jobs, right? That's but when right. I come to the golf right. course and you start seeing wealth, right, yeah. live right before your eyes, you're like, whoa, these, there's something different about this group of people and the way they think and the way they, they conduct themselves, right? Yeah, I mean, it's the whole idea of, you know, trading hours for dollars. And I knew, either, I mean, you're limited, right? I mean, you, 
you only we all have twenty four today, and we got to sleep sometimes. So, so you get into the insurance business. Yeah, I graduated high. I graduated college. Funny story is there. There again, a lot of golf. I had a fraternity brother of mine that um, we played a lot of golf together. But you're uh, still consuming stuff too. I mean, you know, Andy, like you're telling me, like a reader. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just like you know, like buying some courses, Tony Robbins, like that's another unique gift set that I think you own. And I think anybody that's listening to this podcast as a um, entrepreneur type of person, you know, and, and trying to figure out that that is a key to, is to to sink out information. Correct. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. All right, I'm yeah. sorry to interrupt. So I'm gonna let you tell your story. Yeah, I'm I'm just, gonna... You know, I, I just um, you know there was a buddy of mine that. You know, we like he's a fraternity brother and we play golf one day and he, he had just recently graduated college and I said, well, What are you doing? Well, I just I just took a job with you know one of the local insurance agencies or whatever and we all got a big laugh out of it and laughed at him and he went to college for you know X number of years and got a college degree and sell insurance. Are you kidding me? And then, you know, he would proceed to tell us, oh, hey Vaughn, I had a appointment last night and I made eight hundred. How much you make? You know, and next week you'd be like, hey, Vaughn, I had a couple appointments last week and uh, I made 2000 What did you make last week? And it just mm-hmm. kind of got me thinking. And then, you know, so I pulled him aside when it got time for me to graduate. And I said, are you for real with this? I mean, he's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. He yeah. said, it looks different because I'm, I'll, I'll, you know, I may not get to the office at 10 o'clock or noon or whatever. And I may work to 6 p.m. or something like that. But yeah. But yeah. So. Oh, so short. That's what I did. I mean, when I graduated college, I reached out to him and I said, "Okay, can you can you make some introductions or whatever?" And and he did, and and uh, and that's that's the rest and, is history. So. And that's how it, and that how that's how it goes, right? Yeah. You're now, like, hey, now, can I, I can play I mean, golf in the morning? That's and... right. Well, what we were doing, I mean, back you know, just getting started, I literally we would work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then we'd generally work in the mornings on Friday and play golf on Friday afternoon. Yeah, yeah, kind of got in that habit or whatever, but but yeah, so I did that for a couple of years for uh, for an insurance company. Um, realized there was kind of a ceiling on what you could earn with a captive yep. carrier. Then I went to an independent agency, and that's when it they really opened my eyes to what all else I could write. Because prior to that, I was writing like auto, home, and life, you know, yep. personal lines type stuff. Went with a commercial carrier, uh, commercial insurance agency, and started writing all the business type insurance, workers comp, you know, employee benefits and, and that sort of stuff. So to get all back to your question, the world, though, what world happened? Open, yeah. Yeah. What happened and what got me thinking this way about the golden handcuffs deal. I mean, it's simple. Obamacare happened. The affordable care act happened past March 23rd of 2010. And that just changed my world because at that time, 90 plus percent of my revenue was being generated from employee benefits, group health insurance. And it really, I saw the writing on the wall and with insurance companies, the short story is that they were required to put our commissions in their administrative portion calculations. And the government only allowed them to have a certain percentage that all, all things to be included in that. So our commissions went this way, bonuses Whoa, overnight, this way. like that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh absolutely. You've I mean, been from spent all your life building this book of business, and then it's yanked. From 2009 to 2011, my income was cut by 84 percent. O M G. Yeah. So it's like, okay, what 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 am I going to do? 
And, and how am I going to start over? And you're like, uh, yeah. I'm burnt out on trying to do insurance yeah. again, right? I was burnt out on, on property and casualty insurance. I was burnt out on business insurance because I was strictly focusing on group health and ancillary, you know, yep. life and dental and vision and all those sorts of things. Yep. And that's what I love doing. Small businesses. I mean, that's just, that was my bread and butter. That's what I love doing. So when all of that passed and changed, yeah, unfortunately in 20. 12, I had to start back writing property and casualty. Right, um, so we got to do what you got to do, right? We got to do what you got to do. That's right. So I couldn't bury my head in the sand and just ignore it. I had to find a way to create some revenue. So I did that. I had a property and casualty back. Then, long story short, one of my clients, I had a lot of clients through the years that always been interested in investing in, in real estate yep. in various forms. I had a client that actually had a single family home that I had insured. But it was on a, you know, pretty good chunk of land, and and he he came to me one day and said he needed to cancel the insurance. I said, "You sell it?" He said, "Now I'm tore it down." Like what? And he said, "Yeah, I'm gonna build eight duplexes on it." He was an older guy, and yep. and um, long story short, he retired and decided him and his wife decided to move to the beach, and they decided to sell everything off here. So I saw him one day, and he's like, "Why don't you buy that lot from me? I already got the plans drawn, all the engineering, everything specked out. I can tell you what it's going to cost." You just go to the, your bank, get it all financing worked out, and you can hit the ground running. That was, I can tell you, that was in September of 2016. So wow. fast forward all that, September 2016. Now I'm still trying to figure out a way to get out of this insurance rat yep. race. So it just got the wheels turning again. Well, maybe I could do this or whatever. Did you do um, that deal or no? I did not because I looked at it. It was going to end up being about 1.2 to 1.4 mil. Carrying the costs on all of that. Yep. I hadn't learned about raising money or 16, anything like that. Oh, no. Yeah. And I'm 16 to 18 months before we put the first tenant in. And I'm just, you know. Yeah, there's no way I can carry this whole deal. Yep. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not going to do that. But but it got me interested. And one of my clients that I took out there to just talk through it, he was going to be one of some of the capital there. He's, he's the one that turned me on the bigger pockets, told me about bigger pockets. So I started listening to that podcast and whatever. And in November, I heard the term syndication. Okay. And I mean, obviously, I knew what syndication meant, but it literally was like the scales fell off. It was like, wow, okay, I didn't know you could do that for real estate. Right. But it just totally made sense. To and me. then all of a sudden, you started thinking about what do I have, right? Yeah. I've got a bunch of old Constant. clients that I've probably known for years that no yeah. line can trust me. That's right. That's right. And a lot yeah. of them we had we had we had done different business deals with in the past and sold out of or whatever. Yep. So yeah, I mean I, I you had have a, a cat you had a list. captive audience right there, right? That's right. Now that's right. I, I want to make sure I, I pause this for a minute for for everybody that's listening right now. You know, and I think about like not only people that are insurance in it, but like anybody that's a working professional or self-employed. And I'm talking about like dentists, doctors, chiropractors, all those people have list of people that trust them with their health care, with their teeth, with, uh, you know, the chiropractor, uh, with insurance. I mean, you name it, there's people out there that um, are just like, uh, you know, Andy, that you have lists. And those lists, <laughs> believe it or not, are super powerful. And so right. let's talk about how you unlock that power. Well, ironically, you know, the guy that uh, wanted me to buy that lot from him, I mean, he was he invested in our first deal. He's now invested in four of our deals. 
So it's just, it's those. Matter of fact, I can remember when we got our first deal, our first deal was a little small, 36 unit, but we didn't have to raise a whole lot of money. But when I, I remember I called him up. You knew he was your go-to right away, didn't you, Andy? Well, I mean, no, not really. Honestly, no. I called him up to tell him thank you. And he okay. said, for what? I said, well, even though I didn't do that deal, it just got me back in that mode of thinking, thinking about, real, about estate real estate again. Yes. And it had, I said, if you hadn't pop, uh, pushed and prodded and, and done all of that, I still would have been sitting around frustrated figuring out what I'm trying to do it, next. He gave you enough nudge to make yeah. you to sell yourself a different story, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird how you can look back through life, right? And this thing that you may tried over here, it's all sowing and reaping. You may sow the CEO over here, but you may reap over here. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's yeah. kind of weird how it works. Or this little, this little failure, if you will, this little thing that didn't happen didn't or didn't work, work out yeah. right, it just took you to that next little thing that, and you learn a little they bit grew more. Up, yeah. And, yeah. So I just called him to tell you, tell him thank you. And we had already had that other deal under contract. And so we got to talking about that. And next thing you know, he's like, well, I might want to do that. I mean, he already had his little, uh, <laughs> he already had his little self-directed IRA set up. Yeah. So yeah. And all like, you did, yeah. I love this part because I, I truly, this is one of my core teachings is sometimes you don't even sell. You just talk about the opportunity, the right people self-select. That's how I've raised money right. all my life. And uh, it's just about telling the story. And when it falls on the right person, they're interested. That's right. Yeah. And that's yeah, what you did. I mean, it's, yeah, it's not for everybody. I mean, you know, if it's, uh, you know, the majority, let's just say a lot of people out there that are making, I don't know, less than six figures, let's say, and they're working a job and put money away in a 401k and that's all they got. They got no extra money and no investment, you know, no capital yeah. to invest. There's a lot of people out there that either have already retired and they got some 401k money or some individual IRA money or they got yep. money sitting around or CDs or whatever, not, not earning any interest. Yeah, a lot of those people. I mean, more than you'll ever know. Like, honestly, that's the, and the beauty of, of your of your your database is, is that it is very diverse in you know old, young, new, right? Um, but right. I, man, as a financial advisor, when I was a financial advisor, I was astonished when I realized how much money is truly out there in like a low yielding CD. Oh, I yeah. mean. I mean, I'm talking trillions of dollars, right? And it could be the guy down the road that's just been, you know, he was a farmer and he moved from somewhere and retired here in Arizona. You know, I live in Arizona, but like, but he, yet he's got half a million dollars in CDs kind of stacked and he just doesn't know, know anything else and he doesn't right. trust the stock market. Right. But real estate's a little bit different. People kind of tend to understand that real estate tends to make money most of the time. Yeah, especially when you explain to them, you know, what we're doing in the syndication space with apartments, you know, and it being, you're, you're buying an existing business. Yeah. You know, and it just makes sense to them as opposed to a development deal, let's say, or whatever. And I'm not saying development deals are bad. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, I get you. It's a little easier for them to wrap their head around. Yeah, okay, yeah. So this one, this is where it's at. Here's its history. Here's the yeah. problems with it. Here's what we're going to fix. And right. people are like, okay, yeah. And, you know, they've seen you as someone that gets stuff done. That's right. Yeah. Right. And, and yeah, even when, with, whether they're, you know, when they're business owners, you're getting them health insurance and, you know, trying to, you know, here's all your options and making sure that you're attentive to their needs. 
That's what people are buying. They're buying Andy at this point. Yeah. Andy's yeah. telling the story, but they're truly bought. They've already bought into Andy. And that's, that's the right. power of having, if you have a pre-existing list, gosh, damn, that's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. And it's funny how they'll call you back up too. I mean, they'll hear through the grapevine or whatever. And then you run into them somewhere. Well, tell me about this. I heard, you know, I just, I hear you hear all kinds of different. So I heard you were, selling real estate or heard right. you were doing this or doing that or and then yeah. you tell them what you're they'll doing think you're a like, realtor oh. first sometimes yeah but they, and right. then they understand oh yeah. you own that oh that's, that's right. and then, and usually when it's when it's above a quad <laughs> a fourplex yeah. people turn their head and they, you get noticed real quick oh you own right. that that's yours how much and then they start asking questions like this how much is that how much is that is yours how much of it right yeah. oh no i own them it's mine I got some investors, but it's mine. I'm right. in control. What? <laughs> yeah. Isn't it awesome? Yeah. So, so yeah. So, I, look, I, I made the decision that, you know, I, I'm one of these that I believe that syndication is is a tool. Yeah. You know, I mean, your your big thing is is legacy wealth, creating legacy wealth. I can tell so, you've been reading my book because I see it in the background on your shelf, by the way. It's there. Yeah, I see it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm yeah. I'm eyeballing it. How the rich get richer, right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, um, in creating that, I mean, you got to begin with the end in mind, right? I mean, what what are we trying to accomplish? Yeah. And there again, I say, you know, I'm I'm kind of a like to break things down and bottom line things. Yeah. And I was just thinking one day, it's like, okay, if if I could work hard. For a certain period of time, and eventually, one day, I don't know if that's five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road, whatever that is, if I could end up with a 100-unit apartment complex paid for, yeah, no debt, I could live off that cash flow. You could be done. I'd be done. Yeah. So for me, syndication, I'm not going to say necessary evil, but I'm going to say it's a tool. It's a means to in an end. A, in a toolbox. That's right. Because it really and truly... I want the passive income. I don't want to be constantly trying to buy other deals and then sell this deal and whatever. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a pain in the me, butt. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, deal with investors. You want to buy a good deal and have it and be able to use your money and then yeah, just sit on it and be like, I'm good. Well, or what I was telling somebody the other day was like, if I had three partners and it's four of us, yep. and between the four of us, we own 400 units. Yeah. So basically 100 units each. And we get them paid for. Average rent's eight hundred dollars a pop. Let's say your average expenses are fifty percent. I, I could live off forty thousand dollars a month debt free. I mean, I, I I could make it on that. Yeah, we could. Yes, most people can, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> I, like I said, I'm just kind of simple. And probably way. not even pay taxes if you do it right. That's right. Do a little. Uh, do a little. Cost. Uh, cost. Depreciation. Cost. Yeah. Get the, yeah. And, yeah. So let me, I, I want to make sure I get in. So you bought your first unit was like 30, you said 35 or something like that, right? Yeah. So, so going back up real quick, because let me say, I, I want to put this in there. Okay. Um, in 2016, I heard syndication. So I, I basically spent 2017, if you want to call it researching it, you know, reading, going to conferences, listening to podcasts, everything I could find out about it. Well, me and that buddy that I took out there to look at that project, He's the one that turned me on to bigger pockets, but also he and I stumbled across the very first Corey Peterson podcast that was released, if I'm not mistaken, probably October of 17. 
Am I right? Oh man, yeah, yeah, I brother. Think that's it. Because when he ran across it, he was like, "Dude, you got to listen to this because this is like the first. You know, the first one was kind of your story. Yeah, but the next three, the second one, I like, brought some heat. Well, the next three were just kind of like everything broken down so simple. It's like you do this, this, this. I mean, just like. So like, yeah, I started doing my learned, pillars. I did my six pillars right after that. Yeah, show. we learned so much off of those three podcasts. <laughs> I mean, really did. So, um, thank you out, okay. for that. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. But um, so I didn't even know that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then at some point, I went to a, uh, I went to a conference boot camp thing down in Tampa in January of eighteen. Yep. They figured out, okay, I need to get a mentor, a coach, or I don't know, fast. I've always believed in insurance or whatever. Let's just let's just pay for somebody's knowledge that's already done it and they know what they're doing. Yeah. Fast track it, you know. So that's when I, I actually I I can remember being in Huntsville, Alabama, and I, I live in Western Louisiana, but I was in Huntsville, Alabama in February of 18, looking at some apartment deals, and I was I, I had a I had a lunch appointment with a broker and it was the day that you and Shelly had y'all's first like Kahuna boardroom informational podcast deal or something. And I was trying to time it where I could be wrapped up with him and jump on that. I got on there like the last two minutes. uh, I missed the whole thing. (laughs) But but yeah, I was trying to, I was trying to do that. That's right. I was trying to do that. But, uh, but anyway, long story short, um, I did. I, I got. Uh, I found a mentor and started doing. It's like four of us that would uh, get together and have calls and yep. stuff like uh, once every two weeks. And that's how I met my partner on the first deal. And okay. uh, he's Perfect. he's actually in Boston, lives right outside of Boston. But when I got involved, he already had he already had one deal under contract that eventually fell through. But that same owner then felt bad about it and said, I've got this one. And it was in Greensboro, North Carolina. And uh, that's where I was looking to was out in North Carolina. So he came on the call one day and I mean, he'd pretty much done everything at that point, but he was going to be short on capital. So ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Well, I've got some of that. I know people that got got money. That's right. So he sent me the deal. We sent, we spent probably a week going back and forth over all the numbers and getting comfortable with it. And yeah, and that was uh, that was in April of eighteen, and we closed on that deal right at the end of June of eighteen. So that was okay. our first deal. So it was like hell um, yeah, bro. One point eight seven five, I think is what it was. We had to raise, we had to raise just shy of. Uh, it's one of those things. I don't know if you remember, but back in twenty eighteen, the interest rates started bumping up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And we ran into one of those situations where the interest rates went up. They ended up cutting our proceeds, yep. so we ended up needing more money, right? So uh-huh. we went into it thinking that we were going to need about a half a million, and I think we we ended up raising just shy of eight hundred thousand yeah. on that on that first deal between he and I both. So um, yeah, it was how did that feel? Deal. How did that feel getting it done? Well, it was it was you know it's kind of like and there again, you know, it's like I told my mentor when we closed on it, it's like every everything. Every waking hour, we were consumed with raising that capital, doing the do, doing everything to get it across the finish line. Right. And once we wired those funds out to close that morning, then it was like, oh no, we've learned so much about finding it and funding it and doing it. Now we got to figure out how to operate it. 
<laughs> whole new <laughs> set of problems. Yeah, whole new set of problems. That's right. So, but it felt it felt good. It really yeah. did. Felt felt really good. Oh, right on. But then I I figured out that was in um, eighteen. So then I figured out okay, we started you know operating that deal. But then I, I wanted to get involved in some bigger deals. Right. Um, I had the capital, like you're talking about. I had the, the connections in the in the client base and whatnot. So I just sought out. Uh, you know, you and I met at, the, at that mastermind group, and uh, when we met our first time, it was before you got involved. But um, you know, we were we were told to come with a come with a give something of, of, of you yeah. know we could give to the group, and then an ask. an ask. So my ask was, I was in a room full of. I mean, Brian, Bar- I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, this room has been doing it for years and years. And the years. first couple of meetings was stacked, dude. Yes. Yeah. I was like, I mean, oh, this is, is cool. So, um, then they everybody stopped showing ask, up. <laughs> <laughs> my ask was, I want to get involved in some of y'all's deals. I want to learn from y'all. I could bring capital. And, um, so that's, that's what I did there. So that was, uh, I think we, we did our next deal in January of 19. I mean, yeah, 19. Did another deal in April 19, did another deal in August 19, and then we just did another deal in March. We got it in right before everything kind of yeah, kind of blew up. Right. up. Yeah. 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 But now I've kind of come full circle and well, it's yeah. like, okay, we brought capital to these other deals and they're bigger deals, but it's now it's like, okay, I want to either on my own or, or with a But you're only partner. getting a piece of the deal when you do that. So and that's, that's right. And every syndicator is different when cuz it's all about control, right? When they have right. when they've locked it up or their team has locked it up and then they're saying, "Hey, listen, if you bring in this, everybody's going to have their negotiations. We'll give you this, you know, piece here." And in the beginning that's fine cuz you're like, "I'm just trying to get proof of concept." Right? And yeah. and really an education. Which, but what's really cool, it, it, you're right on the education, but what's really cool, I've, we've had, I don't know, I've probably had, I'm going to say three to five times on different things with different operators that I look at something and I go to myself, I'm thinking, I wouldn't do that. I, I would do this. Yeah. And then it turns out being where I was right and they were wrong. And that's not a deal to where we go, ah, I'm right, you're wrong, but it's just confirmation of my mind that. I know. Okay. I, I could figure out how to do this. You were you successful know? in the insurance industry by having a good mind yeah. and not all operators, even though they claim to be successful or what, sometimes they make mistakes. Right. And you saw some, it sounds like it was some blatant, you know, Hey, this is the wrong direction, but you weren't in control to take it the way you saw it. Right. Right. Which yeah. leads you to where you're at right now. So you've got 800 and what, uh, like 37 units kind of you're partnered with, you've raised capital or, or is it a little bit I more? I think it's like seven, <clears throat> shy of 800. I think it's like 760, I mean, yeah, I mean, like I'm not yeah. even trying to count exact units because I honestly don't right. even care. Like, like That's what I'm saying, yeah. It's just, <laughs> I mean, it's not even. I don't, it's own, just I don't a, own that many units. That's it's just a, a stupid people. number, right? Like, That's right. It really is about income and then what you're going to do because it's set you up. And, and my whole point I want to make is for a lot of people listening Sometimes people think like I've got to come in and do it my way from the get go. And sometimes that's not the best idea because you don't even know what you don't know. Like, you know what you know, but you don't know what you don't even know yet. And you had a really good uh, opportunity because you went with not just the same syndicator, right? You had three or four different 
people that you invested in their deals to see how they were syndicating and their communication style and right. what they're bringing as far as, you know, to the investor pool. And really probably, I mean, that's, that's kind of unique in itself and actually very valuable because some things you're like, oh, I like that, but man, I hate this thing. Right. Right. And you're picking up these little things from each, each, um, each group. Right. And then yeah. you get to the point where you're like, wait a second. Okay. Now I am tried and tested. I know how to raise money. We know that piece. And now I understand operations pretty strong. And now you're doing it. So and let's talk about what's the future look like. Yeah. The future is trying to find a deal, right. That, that, that makes sense in this, in this COVID environment. Um, well, and that's the tough one for all of us right now. Yeah. Now, fortunately, this last deal, I mean, it really, it, it was one of those that underwriting it, we, it was, you just kind of go over it a number of times and think, okay, what are we missing? I mean, yeah. just, we can't, we can't project 20 plus percent. Return. I mean, you know, what, what's, what are we missing? So we decided on this one to take 600,000 of capital, not CapEx, just what are we missing money? Let's just yeah, set okay, it over. some old crap. We're gonna raise it and set it over here, like yeah, just in case. Yep. And, and guess what? In this COVID environment, literally three days before closing, the lender says we need twelve months worth of mortgage payments. Oh yeah. In reserve. Yeah, that was a new thing right there. Yeah. Oh yeah. We closed March twenty fifth on it. Well, <laughs> twelve months was five hundred thousand dollars. Oh, geez. but thank goodness we we had that six hundred sitting over there. Yeah, or you'd have been like, oh, st- like, well, oh, wait, yeah. hold, time out. Now, the good maybe news you need is or something. The right? good yeah. news, you know, we, we assumed we assumed that that they would want that that full amount sitting in reserves for the full year. But fortunately, they've allowed us to actually make our payments out of that reserve. So, oh yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, which is great. So then. Even though you had to put it up there, it's what's making the payments. And so yeah. it's still real money that's being used actively. Right. That's right. Yeah, that, that's a good, instead of just sitting there dead. That's right. Right, that would be so horrible. That's, the, that's, that's the big thing is, is, is finding a deal. I mean, it's just, I mean, you know, as you well know, I mean, everything's kind of unknown at this point. Yeah. You know. We're, we're like, like, there's a lot of things getting ready to happen. A, we're in an election year. B, right. people are just getting ready to get off their checks. That everybody that in the beginning, now there's still people that are on and you know and still get checks coming, but there's a lot of people that they're finally getting their their checks are quitting this month and next month, the next three or four months. We're gonna have a real awakening to oh crap, right? I think it could get a little worse where we're we might see some more opportunity to for to some deals. Cause frankly, it was getting pretty hot, right? Yeah. The market. And just trying yeah. to find good, solid apartment deals, honestly, get harder and harder, right? Yeah. And that's okay. I yeah. mean, it's just part of what it is. But it, you know, for us as buyers, it's now just time to be a little bit patient and be a little bit picky because maybe, right. maybe there's some opportunity coming. I think everybody yeah, that I like, talk to is the same way. It's kind of like back in the late '90s with the stock market, right? You just throw something against the wall, and they're all going up. Yeah. That's kind of the way it's been with apartments. I mean, there's been, there's been a lot of people that, you know, let's say bought in 2011, 2012, 2013, that just kind of bought something, didn't know what they were doing, but they still came out. Oh, yeah, they bought a course. Right. The big buzzwords, cash flow in apartments, right? Yeah. And, you yeah, know, and everybody's so, teaching it. <laughs> yeah, but there'll, there'll be some opportunities out there. 
But yeah, it's it's waiting and figuring out. I mean, it's it's like you said. Number one, those pay the the um, unemployment part of it. I think they'll probably renew that in this next round. Yep. I I think. Yeah, I um, hope so or some. But there again, the problem is the problem is the moratorium on eviction. Yes. So even even if you have bridge debt and you don't have a federally backed uh, mortgage, it's not Fannie Freddie debt. A lot of these states have. Their own moratorium, yes. Yeah, bad when you have a, a vacancy, but what's even worse is when you have an occupancy that's not paying. But even oh, worse man. than that is when an occupancy that's not paying that you can't evict. <laughs> you know, so. I got fourteen in um, Louisiana that actually that state didn't have any overlying conditions, so July twenty fifth was the date, and we have fifteen evictions. But then you got to give them a thirty day notice. Oh, you exactly. So we are just started yeah. that. And so yeah. it's still going to be probably 60 to 90 days before I get them out. Right. But at least I can start the process. But they've been um, getting free rent for four months now. And well, I'm, I mean, I'm about like, I'm about four hours from slide out. So if you need me to go down there. Yeah. And uh, go regulate. Set up shop. <laughs> <laughs> Man. So what an amazing story, dude, like to come from your world and to realize that you had some, that there was value that you already had. And then to parlay that with some education, getting the right, and then putting yourself in like you were in, and I'm sure you had to pay for it. The room with some players, yeah, right? The big players. Yes. Yes. Some really and, big players. Yeah. Yes. And I, you know, it's I was like, the time. I mean, I did. Right. I mean, just remember that the first one you came to, we had Tom Wilwright there yeah. speaking to us, speaking to a small group of what was it like twelve or fifteen of twelve or twelve. Yeah, but everybody in that room was someone that needed to be at the table, right? Yeah, the wealth of knowledge, the number of units, <laughs> and the and the amount of capital raised in that room. Uh, but I mean, you were there, dude, and that's the best part is you found a way to get in that room. Right now, you only get that way because a you understand the value of of making sure you're in a place like that. And then you capitalized on it. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Like, and dude, that is, that is success to the point now where you've gotten really good education. You're confident, you know, your systems, you know, the processes, and now you're going to go out and do it all on your own. And that is what's going to change things dramatically. Know it. Right. Cause that's my, like I, we're, me and you a lot the same in, in our thinking is I always wanted to own majority of my deals. I'm using syndication now, but I won't forever. My goal is in five years, I, I will be self-funding all my deals. Now, I actually might have to do what I call a twofer. In other words, when I sell a deal and I make you know, you know, four, four or five million dollars uh, profit, and then I give my investors back their two or three million dollars, four million dollars of money, I'm going to go find Corey's one deal for his about you know three or four million. That's just going to be mine. And I'm going to be the only person in it in my company. But I'll feel obligated to my capital that has counted on me for these years to go find them a deal, too, that will go back and do a joint thing together. Right. And I think right. that will be my kid's legacy if they you know, want to do it. But my goal is to make sure I have a whole bunch of stuff that's kind of mine that's not leveraged hard at all you know, 65% leverage or something that's really where I'll never, ever have to worry about someone putting a thumb on me. And then I can just go out to pasture and live my sunsets and palm trees and do it along the way. I mean, that's what I'm doing now. 
Right. And, 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 you know, uh, when you look at what you've done so far, um, what would, what piece of advice would you give people listening to this podcast now? Like you've been in the game now for three years and you're just now ready to go like truly full-time, you know, like, like truly on your own. own. What piece of advice would you give out there? You know, the biggest piece of advice I think is uh, there's no wrong way to do it. I mean, it's not like, it's not like there's one right way. And then you got to figure out what that right way is. I think if you, if you feel confident enough or you got enough capital or background or, you know, I've heard of people that have worked for property management companies in the past. And so they had that operational piece and, and they just felt confident being able to step out there and their very first deal and kind of do it on their own. That's fine. Or if you need to feel like you need to partner with some experience first or joint venture with someone or start with a duplex or whatever the case is, I don't believe that there's one right way to do it. I believe there's lots of right ways to do it as long as you're doing something and you'll figure it out. I mean, as long as you, if you keep waking up every day and, and learning and, and meeting people and they give back, give back to others as far as helping them get where they want to be. I mean, it's funny how it all comes back around and, you know, life has everybody. a way of doing that, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So that would be my biggest advice is just do something. I mean, something's better than nothing. I mean, I'm yeah. kind of one of, I always, you know, those people that, that shoot first and aim, aim later. Yeah. You know, so that was kind of my history jumping out there. Fire and, ready you know, aim, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I was at the point where I was just going to do something. I mean, I started out looking at fourplexes and duplex. multifamily always made sense to me. Yep. So I, I just, that was all I could wrap my head around was duplexes or fourplexes until I heard the term syndication. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, you know, I had bought a, I had bought one single family house that I was just, I bought it on auction.com, paid cash for it and fixed it up and whatever, rented it out. But that's just because I was, I was sitting there, that was in the fall of 17. And I'm sitting there, I was like, I, I got to do something. I need to buy something. Yeah. And, I can't, you know, I can't find any deals or whatever. I was looking at all fourplexes. So I think as long as you wake up every day and you do something. Yeah. Now that's a great piece of advice. Listen, Andy, thank you so much for sharing your amazing story because there is a lots of ways to get to Yuma, right? 310 to Yuma. That's what I was thinking about when you were thinking about it. I was like, there's lots of ways to get there. There's lots of ways to get to your success, but it really is what you just said. Do something daily. Find, find a way, start, Keep putting a rung on your ladder and keep moving up, right? And, and eventually, it'll all come to you because that's just the way the world works. It gives you what you what you command and what you ask for. And if you're trying to better yourself and surrounding yourself, and that's one of the things, make sure you point out what you did, is you surrounded yourself with people that were doing what you wanted to do. Right. So powerful. Yeah. So powerful. All right, well, listen. Uh, I know you're just now starting to build platforms and, and really kind of building the next tier to this thing. Uh, if people want to get a hold of you or um, figure out what Andy's up to, how do they find you? Well, first of all, uh, you go to the website is back9investors.com. So, you know, we've got different resources on there and tell a little bit about what we did. And we'll, we'll continue adding adding things to that. Uh, my email address is andy at back9investors.com. And then I'll just get out my cell phone. If anybody wants to text me, if I've been on podcasts before, people just shoot me a text. Or if they want to call me, I'm 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 good with that. That's yeah, hit it, man. Uh, 
Um, it's you might get bombarded, but hit it. That's fine. That's fine. It's 318-614-0681. So, so yeah, cool. I'll be glad to help out any way I can, answer any questions. It's, you know, it's funny. We went to a conference back last summer in Dallas, and and at that conference, we, we, we five guys went out to dinner, and we had a guy from, like, Ohio, one from Massachusetts, one from Oklahoma, me from Louisiana. I forget where the other one was from. But anyway, so I just out of that, we formed this little mastermind group, just so it's five. Yeah. So me, that's the cool part about how this business is. You just meet people. and You make foundations, and everybody gets together, yeah. and, like, yeah. So and and by the way, listen uh, for everybody that's listening right now, we are uh, Kahuna Investments. Is we're getting ready to uh, create a, a an event just like the one he's talking about, and um, we're going to be doing it in April. It's called the Apartments to Million Summit. Um, it's we're I'm just I'm really teasing it for the first time on this podcast, but it's going to be the place where you'll find partners, you'll find money, you'll find education, you'll find everything you need to put together a deal. That's the kind of event, five to 600 people in attendance. We'll be able to, uh, if you can plug into someone's tribe, but really just, you can find those five people that you put in your little private mastermind group where you have these accountability calls, because that's really where the real growth happens is when you find like-minded people that are going towards the same cause that are, uh, that are hungry. And that's what moves the needle. Am I right or am I right, brother? Absolutely. Right. I had one. I had one text me this morning asking me if I'd followed up on the on the last thing I was supposed to follow up on the guy from my mastermind. So he just checked. He's like, "I'm just I'm gonna keep prodding you till you do it." So <laughs> yeah, it's all good. <laughs> Guys, listen. Uh, thanks for uh, tuning into this this episode. You know, remember this: it is in your belief, in your daily talk. Everything that you do each and every day, it matters. It matters what you say, and it really matters what you tell yourself. Because at the ultimate goal of success is you have to believe it first. And more importantly, you have to believe in you. Because sometimes no one else will. And so you've got to put yourself, and you got to believe in it each and every day so you can form calluses. Because people are going to come at you each and every day that are going to try to steal your dream and steal your goal and steal your little pot of rainbow that you've been working your butt off towards. And I'm telling you, it's not fair. So every day, take the time to tell yourself you're great and own your deal, own your success and put it out there and just proclaim it to the world. Because if you believe it, you can achieve it. And your paradise is absolutely possible. <laughs>